0: Alright, any Mandalorian fans in here? Any Mandalorian fans? Okay. Yeah, so that, that video showed every time in the Mandalorian they said, this is the, help me out, the way. It got a little bit annoying after a while, but you just got to go with it. This is the way. Tonight we're continuing our, ser- continuing our series, I Am, and we're looking at the I Am statement where Jesus says, I am, help me, the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, a few weeks ago, actually it might have been like a month ago by now, Devin and I, Devin where you at bro? There's Devin. So Devin and I, we went to the movies, we went to see uh, Indiana Jones, our wives were busy or whatever, so we just went to the movies, and there's us going, there's us going to the movies, we were holding hands because Devin said no. no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> I said no, but we, we went to the, I'm just kidding, that's a joke. We, we went to the movies, we're hanging out. Uh, our wives were busy, so we saw Indiana Jones, and we're walking in there, got some popcorn, and uh, we're going to our theater, and we're just walking, we're talking, we're hanging out, and I asked them, so, like, what theater are we going to? And he's like, oh, I thought you knew. I was like, no, I was following you. He said, well, I was following you. And then he, grabbed, he looks at the ticket, and we're going the complete opposite direction of where we're supposed to go, because we both thought that the other person knew where they were going. Have you ever been in a situation like that before? No. We, we both thought the other person knew where they were going. And so we had to turn around and go the other way. And we're walking the other way. And I said, Devin, this might be a sermon illustration. Because how often are we just kind of going on our path of life and we're following our friends and they're following us. But have you ever like stopped to wonder, does anybody actually know where they're going?" Does anybody actually know the direction that they're going or if the direction that we're going is actually the right direction? Because what might happen is you could be going a certain way in life that you think is the way that you want to go. But there is a result that's on the other side of that way that you actually won't like. And you need to step back and say, is this the way? Is this the way? And what does Jesus have to say about it? Jesus' disciples followed him everywhere. That that was their life. That was the the way, the direction they went. They just literally would just camp out places and follow Jesus around from town to town for three years. So this was like camp for three years, camping out, going to all these different places. They relied on Jesus for everything. He fed them. You know, he he told them where to go. They didn't always know where they're going next. And they had to trust him. And then Jesus said to them at the end of his life now, at the end of the Gospel of John, he said, Where I'm going next, you cannot follow me now, but later you can follow me. And so then they start to freak out because they're so used to following Jesus. They're like, what are you talking about? We can't go where you're going. That's all, that's all we've been doing. Because if you don't know the direction that you're going next, it creates anxiety. It creates a lot of anxiety. Isn't that kind of what it's like to be a teenager Where uh, you're like, okay, maybe some of you guys got like college applications coming up. Or maybe some of you guys are just trying to figure out who am I? Who do I want to be? What direction do I want to go with my life? And you're trying to figure out where to go. and, And maybe you're like, okay, I'm a follower of Jesus. I know I'm supposed to follow him. And that's like the right way. That's like the good Christian thing to do. But I'm still confused. And so we wonder, what is the way? That's what this passage is about tonight. John chapter 14, verse 1. His disciples were worried. i got to turn to my Bible because I'm on the wrong page. (laughs) His disciples were worried. And Jesus responds to them. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. What is it about believing in God, believing in Jesus, that can make our troubled hearts be at peace? He explains it to us just in the next verse. We're going to get there in a second. But he describes it as being a house. There's a house where parents don't fight. There's a house where doors are not locked. And the backyard is big. And pe- people play football. And they have barbecues. And there's also in this house, there's little spaces where we can sneak away for, for some rest and quiet and read a book. And the toilet paper is always soft. And like... Nothing ever breaks. There's unity in this house. The tears never fall on this house. Doors are never slammed. Kids don't have to hide. And God is right in front of you. What is this house? The thing that's amazing about this house is who owns it. Verse 2, Jesus says, Right after this, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Don't be troubled because my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Have you ever asked yourself, or maybe just kind of wondered to yourself, I wonder who goes to heaven? Is anybody ever, am I the only one? Okay, have you ever wondered that? Like, am I good enough to go to heaven? Do I, do I make the cut? Or like, what's, what's God's standard to get there? Because here Jesus is talking about heaven. He's saying, I'm going To prepare a place for you in my father's house. Why did Jesus need to prepare a place for us? What is heaven really all about? And right now, as a teenager, you might think to yourself, okay, I'm probably not going to die anytime soon. That's probably true. You guys got a long life ahead of you. And so if I made this whole thing just about a sermon about, okay, where are you going when you you die? That conversation is relevant. That conversation is important. It's of the utmost importance. But I know that some of you guys are just thinking, well, I'm just trying to make it through today. I'm just trying to figure out what tomorrow looks like for me. But the thing is, the question, where am I going when I die? What's the way that I'm going when I die? And what's the way that I'm going today? Those two questions, Jesus gives us the same answer. They're both relevant right now, and they're relevant when you die. Because heaven is not just a place you go to, heaven is a place, it's a real place. But more than that, what's most important about heaven is that there's a person you can know. That's what heaven is about. Where are you going? What is the way that you are going? Are you stepping forward in a direction where your life looks more like the Father's house? Are you having more unity in your life with God and others? Are you having more peace with God? Is there more contentment, more joy in the middle of struggles? Is that the direction that you're going? Because right now, in this room, there's a lot of us. I don't know the exact number, but there's a lot of us. And a lot of people in this room could be going a lot of different directions, where are you going? And think about the direction that you're on right now because as a teenager, you guys have stuff pulling you in each and every direction. Your friends are telling you one thing. Your parents are telling you another thing. Your, your school is telling you another thing. Social media is telling you something. The show you watch is telling you something. This is how you live a happy life. This is the direction you should go. And sometimes you might feel like throwing up your hands and saying, well, I, I don't know. And you just kind of go through the motions. You coast through this thing called life. But let me tell you guys, You're made for more than that. Life is better than that. You can know where you're going today, tomorrow, and at the end of your life because there's a truth you can hold on to. And the thing is, though, the truth that we have to accept, we know we all want a life that looks like the Father's house. We all want a life that looks like that peace, that contentment, that unity, those relationships. We want all those things. But the truth is, that we have all gone in a different direction away from the Father's house, away from God's good design and God's good will for our lives because we disobeyed God. The Bible calls that sin. We disobeyed God. God has this good design for our life. He wants our life to look like the Father's house, but we say, no, I'm going to go my way, my house, my rules in a way when we're talking about our own hearts and we do things our way and it, leads us away from the Father's house towards something that looks very much different. And we sin. And we sin and we brought sin into the world and because of that we do all these things like we lie and we cheat and we steal and we gossip and we lust. And there's so many different examples and the truth is we can kind of go through a list. I went through a list last night. I was reading this Christian book and uh, at the end of it is kind of like this process of repentance. And it has all these different sins of like defying authority and like lust or like gossip or like there's so many different things that you just kind of go through this process of repentance and so i was like all right i'll do this and i'm going through it i'm like man i did like every single one of these pastors are not better people than you guys by the way i'm a i'm a youth pastor i'm not better than you i did i did like practically every single sin on this list and i'm like man i need this thing called grace because i am so Wicked! I'm so messed up. And you are messed up too. If you don't kind of get that you're messed up, then you're not going to get that you need to change directions to go the way to the Father's house. So that's the first thing we got to be honest. We got to be real with ourselves. We got to be real with God. And what happens is we kind of know somewhere deep down inside that we're messed up, or we know that our world is at least messed up. So we try to come up with our own solutions that don't really work out. Like people make up their own gods and goddesses and they worship those. We distract ourselves from the real problem by trying to focusing on just like getting more followers, more likes, more success, better grades, short term happiness. And sometimes we even make things up. Oh, I think God is like this. I think God is like this. We make things up. About God, about ourselves that kind of just make us feel better in the moment, that kind of make us feel better on the road that we're traveling as we travel further and further from the Father's house. And we need to turn around. So we believe things, or we have believed things in the past. Maybe like, go your way, let your own heart be your guide. Follow your heart. How many of you guys ever heard, follow your heart? If you ever tried, like some of you guys, you're younger, but you guys, those you guys, maybe in high school, actually middle school too. You ever tried like dating before? Does following your heart always work out for you? No, because like middle school boys and girls, high school boys and girls are not always at the maturity level to take care of your heart, to respect your heart, to love your heart, and to be honest with you guys, that that happens to adults a lot too. It happens. And we need to put our heart in the hand of someone that we can trust. Yeah. All roads can lead to heaven. All roads can lead to the Father's house. That's something that we're told. Just test that out practically. On your way home tonight, take a different road. See where you end up. Probably won't end up at your house. Because your house is on a certain street. Now look, I know if you have a helicopter, you can get there without going on a road. Don't, that's a cheat code, but we're not talking about cheat codes here. You can't take a cheat code to get to the Father's house. So, here's the deal. Not all roads lead to heaven. Not all roads lead anywhere. That's just like common sense, you guys. So we can't believe that either. Not all ways are equal. Not all ways lead to the same place. We're told, live your truth. I was at a college sharing the gospel. And... Uh, this this guy, I don't know exactly what it is, maybe agnostic, like saying, oh, we, we don't really know if God's real or whatever. And he was very confident. He said, we can't really be sure what the truth is. And he sounded really sure about it. So I asked him, you say you can't be really sure about what the truth is. Are you really sure that that is the truth? He didn't really like that question. But... I'm not saying that to like roast that guy, but we all kind of think that way. Sometimes we throw up our hands and be like, I don't know. We take ourselves out of it when at the end of the day, we are responsible for the choice that we make. And someday we will stand before a holy and just God and give an account for our life and the direction that we chose. We can't stay out of it. We have to make a choice for the way that we are going. So we all know that we have a problem. We all try different ways to solve it or at least cope with the problem temporarily. So we come up with ideas about truth that make us feel better, but the truth is they never satisfy. They never satisfy. And we try to live a life that we feel like will matter. We want to matter. But Jesus steps into the picture and he gives us a way. He gives us a direction. He gives us a hope that we can actually... Hold on to a hope that you can hold on to in the middle of all the changes that are going on in your life right now as a teenager. He says in John chapter 14, verse 6 I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen them. Jesus says very clearly in a world where you are told, go your own way, follow your own truth, live your own life. It doesn't matter what you do. Jesus says, if you want to live a life that matters, I am that way. I am that truth. I am that life. No one comes to the father. No one comes to the father's house except through me. He says, you can only know who God is by looking at me. The only way to heaven is through me. The only way to know truth in a world full of lies. You guys are being lied to literally every day. All of us are being lied to literally every day. We have lies that come on our mind, lies that come on our screens, lies that come from friends, family. It just happens. We live in a world with a deceiver who's out to deceive us, to lie to us. And we need to know what's true. Jesus says, I'm the truth. The only way to live your life to the full is through me. And as a teenager, you search for truth and meaning in your life. And maybe you've been looking to find your answer on a certain path. Maybe you're like, hey, I'll try dating. Everybody's got a boyfriend, girlfriend. I'll try it. Doesn't always work out the way you think it would. Maybe you're like, okay, I'll try popularity. But the truth is, people who only like you for doing the stuff that makes you popular. They only like you for doing that stuff. They don't like you for you. So popularity doesn't always work out. Maybe I'll try getting better grades. I'll try being at the top of my class. I'll try being at the bottom of my class because apparently that's cool too. We try all these different things. But really, whether you're the top of the class, the bottom of the class, uh, the super athlete, the bitch warmer, like whatever it is, we're trying to do something to just find a way, to find a truth to hold on to, to find a life we really feel like is worth living. And Jesus is saying, if you're looking at all those things, even things that could be good, like getting good grades, it it won't fill your heart. It's not the way. It's not the truth. It's not the life. Jesus bluntly says, if you don't know me, you won't go to heaven. You don't have the truth and your life is being wasted. That's what Jesus is saying. And you have a choice of whether or not you want to believe what Jesus is saying. But that's the claim that he makes. Now, hold on, time out. We're like, time out. Because we live in like a world where that is like, okay, it sounds like you're being kind of exclusive, man. Sounds like you're being kind of clicky. First of all, you guys are all clicky, okay? We're all clicky in this room. Right? We've all got our friends we like to hang out with. We're all exclusive in some ways. But think about it this way. Yes, Jesus is saying salvation is found exclusively in him. But I want, I want you to look at it a different way. Because I've talked to so many people of so many different religions. And when they hear, well, oh, Jesus is the only way to heaven. What they hear is, Christians are better than non-Christians. But let me tell you, that is not true. It's not true. That is not in the Bible. Christians are not better people than non-Christians. Straight up, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. We are all equal. We are all messed up. So if you walk away from this, be like, "Oh, Jared just thinks he's better than everybody." No, I told you guys, I'm a wicked sinner. We are all equally messed up, and we all equally need a savior. But if you made every religion true, I've talked to lots of people from from all kinds of religions. I've talked to Mormons. I've talked to Muslims. Talk to Buddhists and people who believe in reincarnation and all these things. Hypothetically, let's just pretend you make all these religions true. It's not possible because they contradict each other. Two things can't contradict each other and still be true, but let's just pretend. Still, if every religion was true, including Christianity, still, only Jesus, out of all these other gods, of all these other religions, only Jesus was the God who stepped out of heaven to come and save you. Because all these other gods of all these other religions tell you, you have to do something to get to them. Our God says, I was too holy for you to get to me, so I came down and I came to you. I came down here to save you. So even if you want to say everything is true, still only Jesus can save you. Still only Jesus is the truth that can save you. What did God do? Why did God have to do it? Because we have God over here, and he's holy, and he's just. And we have us, and we're messed up, and we're sinful. And we have this great divide that has been caused by our sins. And God loved us anyways. God didn't love us because we're worthy, because we're awesome. God just loved us because we're us. Because we're his creation. God looked at you in the middle of your mess, and he loved you infinitely. God loves you just as much as the worst moment of your life as he does with you sitting in church today. It doesn't make a difference to him. He just loves you. He just loves you like that. So God loved you, but God had to bridge this divide between you and him. So God became one of us. He humbled himself. He took the form of a servant. He was born. He became flesh. He dwelt among us. He struggled with every single temptation that you have ever had in your life. Yeah, even that one. Even that one, Jesus was tempted with that, yet he never sinned. Right. Every single—that's why we can't look at other people and say, "Oh, well, their sexual orientation is that, or their thing is that, their temptation is that." Jesus struggled with that temptation too. So you can't say their temptation is worse than mine thats That is just—that doesn't make sense. That's just like saying, "I don't." It just doesn't make sense. Like Jesus struggled with all temptation, but he never sinned. That's why he was able to go to the cross for us. The most sinful place of human history is not a crack house. It's not some place where people are like having a rave and everybody's doing drugs. It's not a strip club. It's not all these, pe- these places that you might imagine are like sinful places. The most sinful place in all of human history was the cross. Because on the cross, he who knew no sin became all sin. He became every sin you have ever committed, that I have ever committed, that everyone ever committed. Jesus became that sin and he died in your place. He suffered the punishment for your sin. He died and then he rose from the grave, defeating the sin and death, the punishment that you and I deserved. And that's what God did to bridge the gap gap between us and him. And that's why only Jesus can save you. So here's all you have to do to know you are going in the right direction in this life and the next. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10. One of my favorite verses. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. and It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You have to believe in your heart. I mean, I don't know... If this is like your first time to church ever, or if you grew up in church, if you grew up in church like me, you got a problem like I have where we like stuff goes in our head, but it doesn't go in our heart. Jesus said, the Bible says you have to believe in your heart. This thing about Jesus, believe in your heart that he is Lord, believe in your heart that he is raised from the dead, because you can look at the story of like, oh, God so loved the world. And you believe in this historical event that took place that Jesus came and he died and he rose and he died for your sins. You can believe that that's a historical fact. You can believe that historical fact in your head. But if you don't see how God did that for you, specifically for you, how he died for you, specifically in your place, you'll never get it. And to be honest with you, it's so much better. be loved than to just know about love that's the difference because if you got in your head then you know about the love but if you got in your heart you know you are loved and tonight maybe you're like you're trying to do this whole christian thing but you're just kind of miserable that's because you know about love but you're not being loved because you haven't surrendered your heart to the lord You haven't confessed Jesus as Lord. That means like you're bowing down. He is Lord. He is master. I give my life to him. If your heart never bows to Jesus as Lord, you will always be guilty of your sin. But if you trust in him, all you have to do is put your faith in him. It doesn't matter about going to church, reading your Bible, all that stuff is good. But at the end of the day, all that matters is you put your faith in him and what he did for you. That he is the way. That he is the truth. That he is the life you will be saved. There are a million ways that you can follow. There's a million views of truth that you can believe. There's a million different lives that you can live, directions that you can take, but there's only one that can save you. There's only one that is truly the way, the truth, and the life. And it's actually not a path. It's a person. It's Jesus. He said in that verse, if you really know me, you will know my Father. If you really know me, you will know God. Do you really know him? Like, really? Do you know him like you know a friend? Do you know him like you know a good father? Let's pray.